Hello and welcome to Imposter Women, the show that tells you that you are not an imposter and helps you tackle your life and business goals unapologetically and with confidence. I'm your host, Jessie Linder Gallo, and I'll be joined here in this episode by my co-host, Melissa Hassong. In today's episode, we're bringing you some bonus content from our conversation with Danica Waddell. We interviewed Danica originally in episode 39, Picking a Niche for Maximum Growth. Danica is also incredibly passionate about being a responsible business person who puts diversity, equity, and inclusion at the forefront. In this episode, Danica shares some of the ways that she has prioritized her spending and taken extra steps to be as inclusive as possible in her business. I think you're really going to enjoy this content, and we absolutely cannot wait to share it with you. So let's meet our guest. Danica Waddell is a certified financial planner and founder of Xena Financial Planning. Danica is based in Seattle, Washington, though her firm is fully virtual. She focuses on women in the tech industry who care deeply about their impact in the world. Danica is passionate about making financial planning more accessible to people who have typically felt excluded by her profession. She loves helping women feel empowered about their money and co-creating their most fulfilled lives. Without any further ado, let's drop into this conversation with Danica and my co-host, Melissa Hassong, all about diversity, equity, and inclusion in her business. Hope you enjoy. So the question we wanted to ask you is about DEI. Um, So we just wanted to hear how you've incorporated that into your business and maybe just like a brief definition of what DEI means to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, DEI, of course, stands for diversity, equity, and inclusion. And it's interesting because I did launch my business um, within a month of the George Floyd murder in 2020. And so it was so top of mind at that point in time where everybody was really talking about this in a way that um, I hadn't seen in such a widespread way before. So it was very, um, it just was an interesting time, I think, for me to be really thinking through what we talked about in the main episode about values and all of that. And again, um, something that is so foundational to how I run my business is making sure every single person feels welcomed. And so I've really had to think through, what does that mean? What does that actually mean? So um, for instance, that means things like asking for people's pronouns and making sure that, you know, any forms and things that I send people don't say husband and wife or, you know, or even assume that people are married. Um, I ask for um, pronouns. I ask for, you know, I just assume that people are partners. Um, I actually just started working with um, three people in a relationship. I'm not even sure the best way to call them. So that's forcing me to rethink you know, a lot of my systems because now I've got three people instead of two. Um, but similar across whether it's gender, race, how people show up is just being as inclusive as I possibly can be. Um, one of the other things that I have done from the beginning is, um, even though I'm a small business, I have made vendor choices very intentionally. So when I was hiring a business coach, I said, I would really like my dollars to go back into the black community. Like I want to help close the racial wealth gap as much as possible. I want to hire a business coach who is a black woman. And I had to work maybe a little bit harder to find somebody, but there are plenty of them out there. So I've been very intentional about vendor choices when I can be and said, like, I have an opportunity to put my money into particular communities. 
And so I have chosen when I can um, minority owned and women owned um, businesses for that reason. So those are a couple of the things that I have done to have DEI be kind of front and center with a lot of my business decisions. That's fantastic. And to me, like makes so much sense with the business you've built, really trying to empower people and have an inclusive space. What has been for you, are there um, times when you've been challenged by that or ways you've been kind of pushed outside of your comfort zone, trying to learn how to do that? And for somebody, I'll kind of double up my question here, for somebody who is starting their business and wants to be really intentional, like you've just said, um, what are some of the ways you would encourage them to, from the beginning, really think through that? I'm perfectly okay with making mistakes. So I think that's part of it is just saying, okay, I'm, I'm doing my best. I'm really committed to this. I might mess up. I might say the wrong thing. And I think that's what holds many people back is they're really scared, right? They just, they don't want to say the wrong word. They don't want to offend somebody. Um, so I, I mean, I often say, you know, I'm doing my best here. I'm st- like with this thruple, however they're called, this, the three people, I said to them when you know the, I very first met with them, I said, this is new for me. Like I'm perfectly willing to learn, but just know that I don't have experience here. And I mean, at the end of that meeting, they just said, thank you so much for treating us like human beings, right? Like that it doesn't necessarily take a lot as long as you're willing to say, hey, I'm, I'm here to learn. Um, I'm going to do my absolute best to treat you the same way I would treat any other client. But feel free to let me know if I missed something or if I use the wrong word. You know, I'm okay with making mistakes and then learning from them. So I think that's a really important one. And then my other big piece of advice is to surround yourself with different types of people. So, you know, it's really easy when your network is lots of people that look like you, which is natural. I mean, many of us live in communities with people that are similar to us. Um, And so one of the things that I've done, for instance, is I've joined there's an association of African-American financial advisors. And at a certain point, I mean, I said, I, I support your mission. I want to, you know, I want to s- support the organization. I said, could I be a member? Like, I'm clearly not African-American. And they said, yes, yes, please come in. And so I've attended some other events. They've only been virtual at this point. But my point is just, you know, I'm expanding my network. And so now when I'm hiring or when I'm, you know, doing anything, I now have, you know, a much bigger network than I had before. So in whatever way that you can do that, I think just um, trying to expose yourself to people from from lots of different backgrounds makes such a huge difference. Such a good insight there. And you mentioned as far as like, you know, the help that you need in your business, you have a choice on how you spend that money. And it's not just picking the person that you know the most about or like that's like in your community, but finding people that really reflect your values and being intentional about how you spend that money is so important because even if those listening right now might say, well, I don't know how I'm making money or like how I'm going to serve clients, you know, they might have all these questions, but it's like, but ultimately you do have certain setup costs that you do kind of have to hire out. So like, how can you think critically about finding um, individuals that will, or firms that will reflect your values is and I, I'm kind of thinking back to like people that I have hired over the time and and the other question about hiring is I know you have a small team and you have plans to grow so I'm curious about how this kind of reflects into that aspect of like hiring a team I've never hired a team I I have big dreams of, of that um, but I haven't had that opportunity yet 
And also, Jesse, I know you've you hire a lot of people in your day job. So like I'm just kind of curious on how this plays into those decisions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know if I have a ton of experience to share yet. So I did hire one employee. I got a bunch of different um, applicants from lots of different backgrounds. And I thought, you know, I will hire the best candidate who also is a good fit for my my firm. But one of the phrases that I learned at certain at one point was um, when you're hiring, not to look for a culture fit, but to look for a culture ad, right? So if you're just looking for a culture fit, you're going to end up with people that are already like what you have at the firm, right? But if you look for someone who's a culture ad, right, then you're bringing in a new type of voice or something like that. Um, the other thing, you know, like right now, what I'm um, just getting ready to participate in, but there's a an internship program that was started in financial services. It's called the Black and Latinx Internship Program. And so I'm going to have a summer intern this year who is either Black or Latinx. Um, and, you know, that person might end up being hired after the end of their internship. Um, but finding things like that, again, the more that you can expand your network and, you know, because I, I mean, I hear people all the time who say like, well, I would love to hire somebody who, you know, is not a white man, but that's all that applied. And it's like, well, where did you where did you advertise? You know, did you go to the local HBCU or some other, you know, organization like the Association of African-American Financial Advisors? Like, did you post your job posting at something like that? Because um, if you just share it with, you know, the people that you know, then I think you're going to attract that. So you have to be really intentional to get the applicants in that, um, you know, represent a, a more diverse and such good advice, Tanika, because I think so often like hiring's a numbers game. You know, if you have 30 applications in front of you, you're probably going to pick from that 30. And if only one of those people represents a minority community, your odds are very low <laughs> of, of in being able to intentionally hire um, somebody who has a more diverse background or is going to add um, a different perspective to your team. So I think that's really good advice is to be super intentional with recruitment. And I think that can be extend to clients as well, right? So when you're thinking not even just about hiring, um, but think about that with your client base. It's the same thing. If you're only talking to the same little corner of your world, your clients are going to probably look a certain way. And that's another source of hiring as well. So when you put out into the world, hey, I'm hiring, your clients are going to be some of the first people to see that. And I often hear from businesses that that's a source of, of employment referrals for them too. They already know you, they know your business, and they're willing to say, hey, Danica's great to work with and she has a really great business firm. I know because I I pay her. <laughs> you, you should apply for this uh -huh. job. Um, so I think you're, you're giving some really golden nuggets there about how to expand your network and really broaden your horizons. And I think it comes down to intentionality. Is there anything that you want to add, Danica, on DEI topics that we didn't ask about? I guess the last thing that we're working on as an initiative is to have, um, I mean, again, it's a small team. Um, I think a lot of people will say, oh, we don't need a sexual harassment policy. There's only two of us. It's like, well, Technically, if there are two of us, sexual harassment still could happen, um, things like that. So we are putting into place um, some DEI policies and mission statement. We're going to create a page on our website that is our DEI mission statement. And then, you know, it doesn't have to be super long, but some highlights about what we do as a business to demonstrate our commitment there because, you know, we don't want it to be just this performative, oh, yes, we have pictures of 
you know, other people on our website, like, you know, it's not just putting pictures on the website, like, what are we actually doing? So I think having a, um, a stated commitment on our website, and then a list of um, things that we're actually doing on a regular basis to show up in that way is really critical. And then that speaks to our target audience, right? They come to our website, and many of our clients are women in tech who are women of color, and they come to our website, and they're like, yeah, I mean, I've had prospects grill me about our vendors and say, hey, it seems like you're working with this person and there's only white people that work there and I'm not okay with that. And I, I loved that. I said, you know what, that's great. And let's talk about that. And, and you know, we had a, a whole conversation about it. Um, but then that, that draws those people to my firm as well, because they can see that I've made a commitment. And um, so that's just an initiative that we're working on right now is to really um, be more public about what our efforts are. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing. This has been really a good little nugget for everyone. Um, we're so excited to put this out um, for all of our listeners to take in. Yeah, thank you. It's something I could talk about endlessly. And like you said, I think um, it just requires being a little bit more intentional and, and maybe spending an extra you know, 10% of time to, to do something the right way. Thank you for listening to this episode of Imposter Women. You can visit the episode description to find all of the show notes from today's episode. We'd love if you would send us your weekly win at imposterwomen at gmail.com and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts to help others find this community. Be sure to tune in next week as we continue to help you chase your dreams unapologetically. See you on the next episode of Imposter Women.